whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Was für ein Moment. Hi, ich bin Anna Olmer und heute haben wir die große, große Ehre, ein fantastisches Interview zu führen mit Rob Trujillo vom Metallica. Wir sprechen über das neue Album 72 Seasons und sind mal gespannt, was er dazu so zu sagen hat. Ich freue mich auf jeden Fall sehr. So, hi, my name is Anna. How do you do? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much. You had a lot of stuff to do already here in Germany, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Been busy. It's been, it's been um, a busy busy few weeks um i we did some uh some a couple tv appearances television appearances in uh, los angeles and then jumped on a plane and came to berlin <laughs> almost immediately <laughs> so i'm a little bit jet lagged but i'm doing doing great the people here have been wonderful and and it's been a lot of fun for me sounds good so we are working for rock antenna hamburg and this is together with rock antenna munich bavaria a nationwide radio station so we broadcast all over germany and we have the pleasure to present your concerts oh. end of may in hamburg and next year in munich okay. and we're really excited about that and uh, to jump just right in on the album I've listened to the album like three or four times already. Wow. And I have more than myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a feeling that I haven't had since reload that from zero to crazy you go within half a second. How the heck did you guys do that? Well, it's just kind of who we are. I think um this album is important in that it um it was made with a real collaborative spirit and um it was also made during challenging times you know uh initially when we started to uh kind of get the creative process going we we were doing it from afar we weren't in the same room it was like you know you're dealing with the pandemic and and um all that energy you know again around the world so there was a lot of uncertainty so to be creative at that time was a really uh, important uh kind of a um it was an important reaction to what was going on mm -hmm. and it also was very therapeutic at the same time to know that we were working towards a new album and we had a goal in mind and to take this on was uh was um going to be a real new fresh experience because of the circumstances mm -hmm. so when we actually got together at the studio it was uh It was kind of like this refreshing moment where we could be together. And that's why I think on this album you hear really what feels like a jam, you know, some of the segues and, and um, you know, uh, a, a lot that was happening between the bass and the drums and all that. You know, you, you really feel that in this on this record because that is something that has to happen at the moments you know in the room so that was pretty awesome so there's a lot of magic i feel in this record and and in these songs so this is your third studio album with metallica would you say it's the best one out of these three definitely definitely and why <laughs> well um i feel that we've gotten better as a as a team as a band um I feel that as players, you know, we've all improved. And uh, like like Kirk, Kirk's playing so great on this album. And I know personally that he's been really taking a lot of time and energy into his craft and in, in just becoming a better 
musician, a better guitar player. Um, and I hear that on this record. You know, I mean, it's always going to be great, but I know how much he plays, you know, and um, I know how much he's been challenging himself. I feel that um, Lars and I have really grown as a rhythm section. Um, I feel that the bass tones on this record are really powerful. And um, I've also included variation, like, like I play with my fingers most of the time, but actually I'm playing with a pick on some of these, these songs. And um, some of those moments are, you know, pretty cool, pretty powerful, pretty percussive. Uh, there's a lot of groove on this album, a lot of great riffs. So it's, uh, it's got a wide range of kind of dynamics within the music. You know, I've been saying that this music feels very cinematic to me. It's kind of if you close your eyes and you listen to these songs, you know, there's a lot of things that you can visualize, which is always great for me. Um, when I listen to records, I like to, to feel that I'm being transported mm. to other places. Yeah. <laughs> when I listen to the album, the sound to me is really, really intense. It feels like James is standing right in front of me, screaming in my face. And same as with the instruments. They're all lined in a row. No one is even one step behind. And this sound is so overwhelming. It's so intense. Is this something that you had in mind while recording? Or is it something that developed during the process? Again, I think that it's just, you know, us playing from the heart. And uh, each note that we're playing was really driven by passion on this record. And I really do believe that it was... Um, important for us you know as a team as a family as a creative you know sort of ball of energy to uh to convey that and that's what was going to happen and a lot of it has to do with the challenges and everything of, of just being able to for any band to to create songs create music you know music can become thera therapeutic i always say it's a blessing for people to learn how to play instruments mm -hmm. and to learn how to write songs because it's a great release. It takes you away from the madness of the world and uh, puts you in a place that can be very healing. Um, and I feel that this album for us was that. When I think of the sound, for me, it's like a little time travel to the very beginning of Metallica because some parts are bare rawness. But I also hear a lot of joy of playing that I haven't heard a while. So is this something you rediscovered? Um, Yes, I feel for myself that, you know, again, thinking in terms of the collaborative spirit of, of this music, and um, it's like a song like Ina Morata. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, you know, the breakdown where the, it's just the bass and the drums uh, and the hi-hat. That, for me, was a moment because I actually found myself with my eyes closed and I was really feeling those parts. I mean, I, I tracked many versions of that breakdown in different ways. And every single time I played that, my eyes were shut and I was really feeling the notes. And I can't honestly say that that's happened with all the, the, the recordings I've done with Metallica. That already, that statement already within that song is something that is really special. Um, and I and like you were saying, I feel like the instruments are in front of me. I feel like James is singing to me. I feel like, well, you know, that's what's happening. You know, it's like literally 
I'm feeling the same way. I'm playing those notes and I'm imagining that I'm, you know, communicating with uh, the listener, I guess you could say, um, you know, something like that. There's like a, a level of communication through our instruments, through these songs that um, I think is more apparent and more powerful than it's kind of ever been, you know, that's... Um, it, that's something that doesn't just happen, you know, it really has to, to be sort of the magic of uh, the experience in the performance. How did you manage to sound it so light in its full heaviness? Well, I think um, <clears throat> there's, there's a place that you can go as a musician and there's a place that you can go uh, with your band and your, you know, your, your, your musical brothers, you know, and... Um, it's kind of like riding that magic carpet together. You know, you're you're uh, you're really sharing the moment, and um, and it's just something that happens with time and experience. I feel like with Metallica, we've been um, challenging ourselves for so many years now, and that means like you know whether it's with an orchestra or whether it's making an album with Lou Reed or um, you know uh, um, various incredible exotic places like Antarctica you know it's like all these ex all these experiences help you grow and become a better band you know I mean it just happens with time and if you care you know about your uh, your music but you also have a great recording team we have a really amazing recording team uh, Greg Fiddleman our producer is an extension of who we are as musicians and of the songs and really cares. There's no phoning it in. You know, phoning it in is when you you kind of you cut corners, you just, you know, you do things. We, we say half-ass. Mm -hmm. There's none of that. Oh. There's none of that. And that, that doesn't happen a lot when a band's been around for as long, you know, over 30 years and, you know, whatever, 40 years. Mm -hmm. it, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, I don't have any ideas. Oh, I don't, I don't yeah. feel like playing. And yeah. I don't, you know, no, we, we, uh, we do love what we do. And it, that's the most important thing. It's almost like we're kids again. We're teenagers again. We put on our instruments. You know, we joke around. We have fun. We, you know, there's a lot of passion in it. We even get mad at each other, you know, sometimes. But it's for the right reasons, you know. Yeah, but it is what it is. And ain't it wonderful to be young? Oh, is, is it wonderful to be young? Yeah, Well, <laughs> it is. It, it, no, it's wonderful to, to, to feel like you have that youth in your, you know, in your... Uh, in your blood, you know, that you feel creatively you can be youthful and still come up with great riffs, come up with great bass lines, um, still be able to jam and have those magic moments, you know. Um, but it's also important to release any stress. And, you know, when you're sometimes with the greatest riffs, you know, well, where does that come from? Well, that, that comes from, you know, being chased when you were 16 years old back in the neighborhood, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. How do great riffs get written? Well, they get written from the attitude of, you know, where you're from and your influences. Uh, it's It doesn't always have to be safe and, and yeah. you know, and glamorous. You know, sometimes, I mean, think about it. Birmingham, England has, has delivered some of the most insane bands and riffs ever. And, uh, you know, no disrespect to Birmingham. I mean, Birmingham is, uh, it, I mean, but it ain't Hawaii, you know what I mean? <laughs> but guess what? They got the best riffs coming out of there. So um, it just goes to say that, you know, uh, the edge 
does have to do, I feel, with your environment and how you came up and, and how it's delivered through your music. Is there a song on the new album that has a special meaning to you? Well, I, I can honestly say more than ever, I just feel that every song has its personality and its place. And, um, you know, if I listen to each song, I'm like, oh, man, I love, you know, like if, if Darkness Had a Sun. I mean, it's just like, man, what a chorus. I love you know you know the 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 anth anthemic kind of choruses or or things you know you can kind of tell what songs are going to resonate live mm -hmm. like that song's going to be great live mm -hmm. you know um, but you know Inamorata has a a certain uh, vibe to it that is very magical in a lot of ways. Um, just the, the the way it opens and how it starts and how it ends is uh, is really something that takes you you know it's it's a it's a powerful uh, creative statement for for me being in Metallica it's the most powerful creative statement that I've been involved with in in the band I feel like it's a classic you must burn you must burn is a uh, is going to be a lot of fun to play and at the same in the same way it has some really great parts and some great moments um so i can find things in each song it's hard to say which one i like the best i mean today you know i was thinking about it someone asked me that question i go i'm feeling like you must burn is is my song today you know but maybe tomorrow it's you know a, a different track you know the last song on the album is longer than 11 minutes which makes it the longest metallica song ever ever did it also took the longest time to wrote that one well that song um i feel that uh i call it the epic of the album mm -hmm. in a lot of ways um but i also feel that it was a song that really did sort of take on its own journey and uh um and and The, the the layers on it are very powerful but beautiful and uh, the dynamics and how it flows and and uh, the arrangement you know one of the great things about Lars and James is they're really really um, very good at great at amazing at arranging I mean you know it's just you know some bands kind of uh, can write things pretty instantaneously And some bands cultivate and nurture, uh, uh, you know, a song. And I've been in many situations to where I've been in a, a band where we wrote songs, three songs in one day, you know, and then get together the next day and there's three more songs and now you're in the studio and you're recording them and it can only be that way mm -hmm. because it's all about the moment. You can't cultivate that's those situations as much with Metallica it's really I mean of course you know a song like Hardwired was written pretty quickly um, off the last album you know but a song like um, you know 11 minute song like you say yeah it's going to take some time and some some crafting imagine a canvas mm -hmm. and then you're you know you're kind of you know you're penciling in and you're sketching out your your masterpiece and then all of a sudden you're shading it in and you're adding the colors and you're you know then comes you're building Bob it Ross and just yeah and then Bob Ross comes in there and he just makes it you know next level <laughs> really special you know but you know it, it, it I don't know I look at that song like an art piece you know um, it, it's uh, it's meant to to be presented this way 
it, it can't be less than 11 minutes. It was probably 15 minutes before we finished it. So, um, yeah, it's a special song. And uh, everyone seems to really be loving this song. Yeah. I had a feeling that this would happen. Yeah. I guess that one's quite tough to play live on stage. If you would put the set list together, would it be in the beginning, in the middle, in the end, or not at all? Well, I mean, you know, we're going to have to play that song uh, for sure. Uh, we got to learn it first, but, uh, <laughs> and, uh, no, um, that to me is a song that can have its place, uh, anywhere. I mean, uh, maybe there's something to be said, you know, if, if this song was an opener, you know, maybe it's the song that closes the show. Um, it, it will resonate wherever it sits in the set. That's just my opinion. Someone else may say, oh, no, no, it has to be in the middle, you know. Um, but I just think it's such a great song that um, it's going to be a crowd pleaser. People are going to want to hear it wherever it sits. But maybe it's not going to be good if it sits in between the sort of early and the... I, I, I can hear it at the end, you know, as a powerful closing statement. I've been to several Metallica shows in the past 20 years, like... 10 or something and every time I see you playing bass on stage I'm so worried about your knees oh, yeah. is there a specific training you need for this Raptor Heel sport show it's funny because my wife Chloe she calls me chicken legs and uh, and sometimes I'll show her like my calf and I'll go that's no chicken leg and she'll go yeah Robert but what about your thighs they're they're as big as your arms you yeah. know <laughs> we joke around them <laughs> about this all the time. Um, for me, my best sort of training is really going outside on a field and, you know, running drills and doing things like this or going hiking, you know. Um, that's the best thing for me because I like to be outdoors and kind of getting natural uh, air and stuff like that. But, um, you know, as we get older, you know, We have to listen to our bodies and understand that, you know, you can't go drinking till five in the morning, you know, things like that. So, you know, getting into a tour like this with uh, this new record, um, yeah, we have to be s stretching out and eating right and all these things come into play. So it's very important to have a successful tour um, and take care, taking care of yourselves as best as you can because... You know, we're not 25 anymore to where you could drink 10 beers and go up on stage and, and just, you know, do backflips into the Wee! I'm mosh pits. Yeah. I do love mosh pits, though. Occasionally I get into one. You might see me. Four years ago, you played a show in Munich and in Cologne. You had some local songs to be played live on stage, like Viva Colonia and Skandal im Sperbezirk. Oh, yeah. Are you Javi planning Dusche. to do... Yeah. Are you planning something to do like this in the Hamburg show in six well, weeks? Let me just say this. That was one of the most rewarding experiences <laughs> in my whole life. And same with Kirk, because... We learned so much about the different countries and the different cities, and we found out who is the the David Bowie of Moscow and who is the John Lennon of uh, you know of Warsaw, and you know playing Johnny Holiday song in Stade de France to eighty five thousand people, you know, and it became a thing for us because mm -hmm. we were surprising the audience. You know, we weren't playing metal bands; we were playing, you know, uh, kind of deeper 
songs that um, maybe weren't expected of us. And then for me, challenging myself by learning the language and uh, and singing in the in the language of that country was a was a huge challenge. And it got to the point where we were so obsessed and committed to this. I was going to Kirk's house in Hawaii to to go over the songs with yeah. him. Like we were just like oh. And you know, in in Estonia and all these places, um, it was a very huge challenge. And right now, our huge challenge is literally learning the new songs and being able to um, focus on that. So um, it's not likely that we're going to be playing any Spider Murphy songs this time. <laughs> or you know, I know a lot of people were ex expecting us to play Left Balloons, but you know. Not going to happen this time, but maybe in the future. So one last question, and that one's quite intimate, but I'll give it a try. What's the secret behind your beautiful hair? Uh, wow, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I tell you, you know, our family, we all have hair. And uh, I guess that's a blessing, but it's also a curse if you have, you know, the drains of your shower in your sinks, mm -hmm. they get clogged with long hair. So uh, the, the, the bills to the plumber, the, you know, from the plumber are pretty, pretty massive and uh, we got to deal with it. But I don't know, you know, it's just, you know, it's in the genes, I guess. I, it's, you know, my, my dad was, you know, Native American, part Native American. So we have a lot of hair maybe coming from that side of the family. I don't know. That's a good question. But my wife, she's got her hair's down to her, her uh, you know, her feet almost. So, yeah, yeah. Chloe's hair is pretty long, I must say. So I don't so know. So no special conditioners or anything? Uh, you know, a little bit of beer in there and some uh, Jägermeister. And, you know, <laughs> those are the key ingredients to fresh hair. Beer and Jäger. So with this important facts, we are closing this beautiful interview. Thank you so much, Rob. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts.